Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. I am uh, this is Charlie Wright, and we're very pleased to be talking to you today. Paul, you and I are going to talk to the folks today. Is that it? I looked around. I didn't see a guest. I was wondering. We're on the air, and there's no guest. Yeah, yeah. You get to interview me. Well, I got a million questions because you know, Charlie, I. I'm listening. I'm just the engineer in the show here. And before we met, I thought to myself, what the heck is Charlie going to talk about in Strategic Investor every week? And you've come up with the most amazing things, none of which I have ever heard before. Well, that's because of the great guests that we've had, Paul. That but, must but, be. But we don't need to toot our horn here. Today, we're going to talk about 401k investing. Now, Paul, you or your wife is probably in a 401k plan. My wife works for a bank, and uh, I'm self-employed, obviously. I own the studio and, and don't have a 401k, but my wife uh, does. And we are always wondering what the heck to do with it. You're asking me to direct my investments now within certain you know parameters here. And I don't know that she or I are fully prepared to do that. So we we have come up with a strategy, though, Charlie. Maybe you'll feature us on the next show here. We have a series of coins, and we flip them. (laughs) Well, I can tell you, Paul, that is not far off the mark of what most people do. But today we're going to introduce you to an alternative methodology for selecting your 401k plan investments from among the menu of investments that your wife has from her employer. See, the problem, Paul, is that participants have limited experience and training in investing. You, was, amen. That's what you said. I have, you know, almost she has none. Yeah. So she it, once upon a time the the company was responsible for taking care of her. Now that didn't work cuz companies realized we were going to live 30 40 years. My father lived for 40 years on retirement. My aunt's been retired for almost 40 years. They don't want to take care of you for 40 years. So slowly without any real discussion the burden has shifted from the company taking care of you to you got to figure out how to take care of you. That's right. And so the participants have to make those decisions without training, without experience, and with little guidance. And unfortunately, most of that guidance comes in the form of what's called modern portfolio theory. That's what that's kind of the we went and got the little uh, investing for dummies books. That's what they said, which has something to do with asset allocation. That's all. That's right. Well, the modern portfolio theory started with Harry Markowitz uh, with an article that he wrote in 1951. It says three things. One, take your investments and spread them across several asset classes. And the amount going to each one is dependent upon Two, your age and your propensity for risk. And then number three, you buy and hold. So you take this menu of investments available in your 401k plan. There's probably two to four dozen available investments or sometimes more. And you 
you select about a half a dozen of those, and you put a certain amount in each one, depending upon your age and your propensity for risk. Right. And then you buy and hold, and whether the market is up or down, you don't really pay much attention to that, and you just hold through all market cycles. Now, here was the problem that we had with that. As we got, that was okay when we, she was in her 40s, and things would go up or down, and we said, don't worry about it. And uh, the market would do this, the market would do that. We'd say, don't worry about it. Now, she's in her early 60s. When it goes down, we don't have time. We don't know if we have time to wait for it to come back. That well, idea of just holding it is is great if you've got another 20 years for it to recover or re, uh, rebalance itself. Here. Well, that's correct. But even, even for those who are younger, they don't want to lose money. They don't want that account to fall down. Okay, to decline in value. They any don't want to be on a roller coaster. Any idea during the Great Recession, the unexpected collapse of the great economy here, how much money was lost in 401Ks? I've heard substantial numbers of people. I know in her case, she lost a great deal of money. Yeah, it would, be, it would be well over a trillion dollars that was lost. Yeah. And, and part of the problem is people don't like the roller coaster ride, and so they exit the market. They can't handle the big losses. So there has been a recovery, but many of those people have been spectators to that recovery rather than participants because they got out of the market. And they couldn't handle the stress. That was me. I lost a bunch of money. I didn't have a 401k. I just had regular investments. Lost a lot of it. So I was trying to be aggressive. And, yeah, I'd rather stick it in a mattress now here. So for the past 15 years, market portfolio theory has now been discredited because we've had two bear markets that have been devastating to investors. This has been exacerbated now because the rules for fixed income investing, investing for income, have changed as well as the coming expected rise in interest rates is known that it will decrease the principal value of those bond mutual funds that people own. And again, we're talking in uh, mid-November here of 2014. So if you're listening to this in three years, you're going to say, you mean they thought there was a chance that interest rates wouldn't go up? Yeah. I don't want interest rates to go up. It's been years since they've gone up. I thought we're going to control this forever. Well, that's not going to happen. Now, when they're going to go up and how fast and how far, we don't know. But when interest rates rise, the principal value of bond funds will fall. That's a mathematical calculation. And when that happens, people who own bond funds, the principal value of those funds are going to decline. Uh, As an example, in 2011, the long-term government bond gained 32%. In 2011. That's because interest rates drop. Now, when interest rates rise, obviously, if a bond fund can gain 32%, it can also lose 32%. So there are people who are vulnerable to a 32% loss in their bond fund, and they have no idea that they have that kind of vulnerability. And again, it's one thing if I'm using this just to... For, I don't know. I'm just using this for extra money or something. But if I'm relying, this is my retirement you're talking about here. The 401k is not something I can fool around with because if I guess wrong, I'm eating dog food in the rest of my life. Here. That's correct. So we have a problem here. We have modern portfolio theory says buy and hold, but that market cycle of up and down, up and down, up and down like a roller coaster is very hard for many of us to handle. And then number two, that is exacerbated by interest rates that will be rising and the hit that bond funds are going to take. So if modern portfolio theory can't be relied upon and if bonds may not be as stable as we think, what's an untrained, inexperienced investor to do with their investment allocation, their 401k plan? You line up coins and you flip them. Okay. An alternative to that would be... (laughs) 
enter trend following or momentum investing. What? Now, this is becoming more and more popular. It says that you invest in those funds that are in an uptrend and moving with momentum. When they are no longer in an uptrend or moving with the highest momentum, then we exit those funds and move to those that are trending up with momentum. The result is we stay on the positive side of the investment curve all the time. So this is called trend following or momentum investing. No more what Warren Buffett told us, just buy good stuff and hold it forever. That's correct. You can do that if you're 25 years old. But you've got to recognize you're going to be on a roller coaster. Okay. Okay. And so what momentum investing does is it says, let's invest in things that are going up. And most of the time, they continue going up. That's a radical, now, it's not that's a radical perfect. thought. <laughs> okay? It's not perfect. Sometimes we can enter a fund at its peak, and it declines over the following weeks and months. But even when that happens, the losses are limited as we exit the position when it has started to decline, and we replace it with one that it is in an uptrend, moving with momentum. So what happens is those big losses that were experienced in first 2000 to 2002 in the tech bubble, and then in 2008 during the financial meltdown, those big losses are avoided. Wow. So there's a firm called Dynamic Portfolio Strategies. We interviewed them uh, a few weeks ago. Yes. They offer a service where they take the menu of investments of a particular 401k plan that it offers. So let's take the bank your wife is employed with. Right. It offers a menu of investments, again, two to, typically two to four dozen investments, and it will measure on a daily basis the movement or the trend uh, and the momentum of each one of those investments. And then it identifies the five that are moving the fastest. You then invest in those five, and then it measures that every single day. And as each one of those five gets replaced by something else that's moving faster, you sell that one, and then you buy one of the ones that's moving fast. And how, uh, this is going to be a really dumb question. Everybody's going to groan in, that knows this. But this is really kind of the level of ignorance I think you're dealing with the American public. I don't know how often you can do that. Uh, we kind of thought you have to – it's sort of like your health care plan. You only get to do this once a year. You're saying you can do this all the time? Just no, no. For most plans, you have a 30-day window. Yeah. Okay, some plans it's a 90-day window. But in this, we use a longer-term uh, time frame. And so typically we're talking about, you know, about a dozen changes per year. Okay. Now, that 30 or 90 days refers to being in and out of the same investment. Okay. So typically that has not been a problem at all in this particular strategy. Okay. So you're not turning us into essentially day traders? In no, not at all. Here. We're yeah. talking about moving one of the five funds, because, again, you're in five funds at any given time. Right. Moving one of the five funds once a month. Okay, between once uh, once and twice and a month. And the strategy, and how do you know when to do this? this you're saying there, there are organizations like this one that somehow will track these funds for you? That's correct. And will and then advise you which one's on an uptrend and which one's on a downtrend? That's correct. Well, it advises which are the five and the strongest up, uptrend. And is this something the public goes directly to them, or is this only through your financial the, advisor? The, the, that would be done through a financial advisor. Okay. If, okay. They're, if they're following or subscribing to this service or something. That's correct. That's correct. And so what happens is the investor then can be confident that if things start to go south, that they will get out in the earlier part of the decline. 
because one of the positions is always cash. So in 2008, there were times that all five positions were cash. Wow. And that makes sense because I'll tell you, well, I know we're not supposed to make judgments here, I'll just tell you my own life that when it started to go south during the great financial meltdown here of whatever that was, 2008, our financial advisors and everything we read said, hang on, baby, just hold on, ride it out. We wrote it down pretty low, and we're still waiting for it to come back, and we're worried that we won't live long enough to have it ride back. And that's why that period of time was called the lost decade. Yeah. And the NASDAQ still hasn't come back. Yeah. Uh, It still is not today where it was in March of the year 2000. Okay, 14 and a half years ago. And again, you're talking about something I have to have predictability. She's uh, 62. You know, theoretically, she could retire in the next two, three, four years. She's already realizing that she's going to have to work much longer than that now. If for no other reason, the financial savings that she thought would be there dropped. We lost it in that period. Yeah. So, Paul, why don't we take a break for just a minute, then let's come back and continue this. Okay. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, we're talking with Charlie Wright, financial investor and host of Strategic Investor Radio Show here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. And I'm Paul Roberts. I chimed in today. I'm usually just the quiet engineer in the back here, but Charlie got me going here because he's talking about something that appeals to me. This is the, he's, he's not talking about some theoretical person. He's talking about my wife and myself. I'm 59. She's 62. We're relying on her 401K and our savings to carry us through the rest of our life. And right now, we're still trying to re- figure out what happened and why did we lose so much money and how are we going to get it back. So, Paul, let's kind of summarize what we've talked about so far here. So what we have is investors in 401k plans who are untrained, inexperienced, and who receive very very limited guidance in how to invest. Yes. Today is very challenging for two reasons. One is the equities market. They are a roller coaster ride. And for the past 15 years, we've had two bear markets. That's a 20% down market or more. We've had two significant bear markets that have devastated portfolios, which have created this up and down, up and down um, roller coaster ride. And number two, we now have fixed income investments or bond investments that uh, are very tricky and very difficult because when interest rates rise, the value of those bond investments is going to fall. Yes. And so what is an investor to do? So rather than the typical way of investing and just buy and hold, we're looking at trend following or momentum investing, where we take those 
mutual funds in our 401k plan specified specifically uh, to uh, your particular 401k plan, and we take the five that are moving the fastest, and we invest in those. How do the companies decide? Again, I won't identify the bank. She works for a rather large bank, and she was a branch manager, and now she's been like an auditor. And so 401k seemed like a very appealing thing, particularly during the Clinton years when it seemed like, geez, we could get 30% return and stuff. And we thought, she really can use this. This is, this is a positive thing. When it dropped, we're suddenly wondering how long is it going to take to recover. But the question I have for you is how do these companies decide which – options are available to you they they select a range right and set yeah they, range. they do and we're not going to get involved in that we don't have the time to to cover that much paul but basically they they have a company that that provides the plan okay and that is either a big insurance company or it's an investment company or something like that and though that company gives them a host of different investments that they can choose from and, and typically we... they, they, they choose they choose Two dozen to four dozen investments. And then she has to decide within that, or we have to decide within that, which where do we want to be, how do we allocate our assets. And you're right. The, the theory was spread the risk, some more aggressive, some more conservative, and then just hold on. Right. And so what this trend-following or momentum strategy does is it keeps us on the positive side of momentum. And when we start to go to the negative side, it gets us out of that position quickly. So we're not vulnerable to those large losses that occurred in 2000 to 2002 and then in 2008. And the key is it doesn't rely on me, the untrained recipient, the untrained uh, participant in this. That's correct. And so you can do something else with your coin tossing skills and uh, you you can apply them elsewhere. Now, let's talk about what the downside of this strategy would be. Okay, it does not perform well in what are called choppy markets. Mm. Choppy markets are markets that go up and down, but they do not develop a trend in either direction. So this strategy will work well if the market is trending up. Or if funds are trending up or funds are trending down. It identifies those very well. But when it goes up and it goes down, as it goes up and it goes down, we have a tendency to get in when it's high and out when it's low. Mm. So we buy high and sell low, which is what the uh, the opposite of what we want to do. I'm good at that. But the benefit is even when this strategy does not work well, as with shopping markets, it does not create the large losses because it exits funds in the very early part of their decline. And so it offers that benefits. So remember this, bear markets, declines of 20% or more, have occurred in every decade since the year 1900. Wow. Every decade since 1900, there has been at least one, and some decades have as, as many as three. However, our current decade, this being 2014, has not experienced a bear market yet. Hang on, folks. <laughs> if that's a trend that's uh, that's set in stone here, then uh, then you have to you'd have to pay that some credence. You'd have to, and and that I think is part of the irrationality of this whole invest yourself thing. Is where a lot of it is hope, a lot of it is well, just hang in there and things will recover and things do. But it it sometimes ignores the basic trends and and historical tendencies of the market here. 
Yeah, well, we're making you into a financial guru here, Paul. I uh, think so. Yeah. And, uh, and then remember this, the NASDAQ still hasn't recovered. It is below the day what it was in March of 2000. I didn't realize it, because that's not true with the... Um, S&P 500, that's yeah. not true. But with the NASDAQ, it is. And that's what many people were invested in at that time. Yep. So let's summarize. 401k plan investors are forced to choose their own investments with very little training experience and direction. Amen. Modern portfolio theory has been highly discredited for over 15 years to with two major bear markets. Many do not like that roller coaster ride of the equity markets of U.S. and foreign stocks. And this is um, increased today with bond market invest- investments carrying risk beyond what they've had in the recent past. Trend following or momentum investing can be very productive today. That is, investing with the trend can be productive in staying with uptrending funds and exiting downtrending ones for limited losses. However, measuring dozens of 401k funds to determine which ones are uptrending with momentum and which ones are not is a daunting and typically impossible task for most 401k plan investors. So they need a system or they need a service to provide that. So we can help with this exercise for any 401k plan, any plan, large, small, whatever size. Email us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com for information about this service. Good stuff, Charlie. Paul, As always, you, you got me thinking. And every time I listen to one of these shows, I learn something or hear something that I hadn't heard before. Paul, appreciate your confidence, and thank you, everyone, for being with us today. You are listen- you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you for listening. We hope to have you back soon. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.